Here at Lady Farmer, we talk about so many different aspects of slow and sustainable living, a subject matter that can at times feel confusing, overwhelming, even misleading. And that's why a few years ago, we set out to write a book that might be a guide for those seeking a life of beauty, simplicity, and sustainability. We're thrilled to be able to offer you our own small guide for cultivating slow living, sustainable simplicity close to home available in our online marketplace. In the book, you've woven an easy-to-digest narrative of stories, recipes, tips, resources, ideas, and reflection. This collection of essays and resources will guide you to think about your own relationship to the planet, what you eat, what you wear, and how you live a sustainable lifestyle. It also contains a 21-day slow-living challenge of daily thought exercises to lead you in the process. For you Good Dirt listeners, we are offering free shipping of this wonderful little book with the code THEGOODDIRT in our online marketplace. So use the code THEGOODDIRT, T-H-E-G-O-O-D-D-I-R-T at checkout when you go to purchase your copy of The Lady Farmer Guide to Slow Living in our online marketplace for free shipping. That's The Good Dirt at The Lady Farmer online marketplace for free shipping on The Lady Farmer Guide to Slow Living. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks, everybody. You're listening to the Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty gritty of sustainable living through food, fashion, and lifestyle. And we're your hosts, Mary and Emma, the mother and daughter founder team of Lady Farmer, a slow living apparel and lifestyle brand. We started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having constantly in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm, one that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now, the farmers, the dreamers, the designers, and the doers. Come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now, let's dig in. Hi, Emma. Can you believe we are at the end of January? No, I can't. It's been a really crazy month. It's been so eventful and stressful (laughs) that we packed just about as much excitement into this one month as we did of all of last year. So I'm ready to move on. (laughs) Yeah. If you're like me, you're ready for a little change of pace. And I actually really love this particular moment in the year because it is kind of a change of pace when we're just barely beginning to think about spring as something that's out there kind of making its way to us. There's plenty of winter to go, but we're thinking more about it. And it's almost the feast day of St. Bridget. Yes, beloved Bridget, who is the focus of today's episode. With our special guest, Kathy Spar, Who is actually my first cousin. Which makes her my second cousin, I think. Or something like that. But anyway, you call her your Aunt Kathy. But she is indeed part of the Lady Farmer family and someone who's taught us so much on our own spiritual journey. 
Yeah, so Aunt Kathy is a spiritual director who has spent many years traveling and exploring a path that's taken her many directions. And she introduced us to the knowledge and wisdom of Bridget many years ago. I was just a little kid. Yeah, when we were still living in Georgia in the 90s, I remember I traveled up here to Washington, D.C. to attend a weekend retreat celebrating St. Bridget that Kathy was leading. It was held at the Washington National Cathedral, and what a beautiful transformational weekend that was. I'll never forget it. There was a full moon, and we gathered in the cold outside on the cathedral close one night as part of the celebration. And it's just so vivid in my mind to this very day. It was really magical. Do you have any memories of Bridget as a child or what you knew about her or learned about her? Yeah, I was really fascinated with her. I guess it might have been sometime around that time when you took that trip because I decided to do a report on her in third grade. I don't remember what the assignment was, but I felt like one of those trifold presentation boards about St. Bridget. I don't remember that. Tell me more about it. Maybe I'll remember. I don't remember much either. I I do remember that the board was a little sparse. Like there wasn't like a whole <laughs> lot to like really say because <laughs> it's a lot of like legend. But I did cover it in green felt, you know, because Ireland and whatnot. And I engineered a special speaker system with my headphones from my Walkman. Like I cut holes in the cardboard and like poked them through and I played Inya on my Walkman. (laughs) So when you were walking past my board, you you had a little soundtrack. Uh, that that's really awesome i i wish i could say i remembered that oh and it's, <laughs> it's one song on repeat <laughs> i just remembered that <laughs> and so my poor teacher yeah it was one song on it was like the Kel- did any have a song like celtic something or the celts or something yeah yeah oh yeah the celts the celts it's that song on repeat I think it works okay with that song. Yeah. I think that was probably a really great touch. <laughs> you think it was one of those reports that everybody thought the parent did? I don't think so, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Well, I think the fact that I have zero memory of it suggests that I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's so. true. <laughs> Back to Bridget. <laughs> I think what I appreciate most deeply about Bridget is how she elevates the sacred and the ordinary, the very simple tasks of being human, giving birth, growing food, preparing food, tending to the earth, making a home, caring for children and animals and the sick and the needy and even weaving, weaving cloth, weaving words into poetry. And she was even um, like a blacksmith. You know, she made metal craft. And fermenting. What a lady farmer. She's she sounds actually like, the very spirit of a slow living. Sounds like a badass. <laughs> I, I think she's pretty badass. So, yeah. So, we like to claim her as the patron saint of lady farmer, officially, unofficially, whatever, whatever you would like. If you're just now becoming acquainted with Bridget or even if you already know her, we hope you enjoy this episode full of stories of Bridget. 
just sit back and relax and listen to Aunt Kathy tell us these wonderful stories of this legendary figure. And you will be forever blessed for welcoming Bridget into your day. So enjoy. Yeah, and if you want a little extra special effects, if you have another device, you can also play, or if you're Walkman, <laughs> you can play any of the Celts in the background while you listen to this. <laughs> It'll be a good effect. <laughs> I don't think we can do that for copyright purposes, but we would <laughs> if we could. <laughs> Anyways, <Yeah>. enjoy. <laughs> I am a spiritual director, an environmental education teacher. Uh, recently, I've been uh, working with Monticello here in Charlottesville, where I live, and working also with a number of other organizations, including Coming to the Table, which is a national organization dedicated to overcoming racial injustice. As far as Bridget's been in, in my life for a long time, I guess the first time I really heard about Bridget was when I went to Ireland and Scotland. I'd been interested in Celtic history and spirituality for a long time, but I was really interested more in the pre-Christian part, the, you know, all the standing stones. And I heard a little bit about goddesses, the, the ancient Celtic goddesses, but it really wasn't until I went on a spiritual pilgrimage to Scotland and Ireland that suddenly Bridget became really dominant. And so I made a special trip to Kildare, which is the site of her original abbey and church. There is a cathedral there and her old fire temple was still there. And this was in the early 1990s. And I actually happened to meet one of the Brigadine sisters. Um, there's an order of St. Bridget that's been reformed after it had fallen uh, away for several centuries. And they, they came back there and established a place. They started in a small house and they relit uh, Bridget's fire, Bridget's temple flame, and they have renewed the celebration of Bridget's life and her feast on February 1st, which we'll talk about. So I was really inspired by what I learned there. And I've come back, I've brought other women back to Kildare on pilgrimage. And we've watched that center grow. And that's very exciting. I can go into more of that later. But that's sort of a, the general thread of how I came to, to know Bridget. You taught me about Bridget. I first learned about her from you. And we were doing workshops and gatherings around Bridget, gosh, from the what, late 90s? That was after the first trip, after I had met Sister Rita Minahan and some of the other sisters, and came back just full of stories and wanting to do something. You know, Bridget's the goddess of poetry. She's the goddess of the land and also a saint. She's a, an abbess, and, and she has her own abbey, her own monastery, a double monastery of men and women. So there was just a lot of really interesting things to put together. So I intersected with our friend Betty, who had just come back from a writing retreat in Whitby Island. I don't know, we had just been so inspired by those two experiences that we decided to put it together. And so those are those weekends of, around Bridget's feast day, where we celebrated with poetry and silence, with lots of food and feasting, light and dark, song and dance. And it was so much fun. We've done it over and over again. Tell us more about that specific day and 
where it falls on the liturgical calendar, how it ties into its pre-Christian and Christian counterpart and the seasonal shift and everything there. First of all, to explain how Bridget is both a, a goddess and a saint. So the origins of Bridget are really wrapped in history, but she's held an important place in the Celtic lands forever. And it's a real challenge to separate the goddess Bridget from the Saint Bridget because they're so tightly interwoven. But Bridget sort of entered written history in 7th AD, I think, when a Celtic monk wrote about her life. Most of it, of course, is legend and folklore. But we learn that the Saint Bridget had a very strong faith. She was known for her healing powers, her skill with animals, as well as her hospitality and generosity, particularly her generosity to the poor. But if we look back further uh, in time, we find that before Christianity, there was a devotion to both male and female deities, but Bridget was one of the main female goddesses of the Celtic world. And there she had some other traits. As I mentioned earlier, she was associated with poetry, healing, and smithcraft, that is crafting out of metal. She was also associated with fire and fertility. And then slowly as Christianity took root in the British Isles and in Ireland, the power of these deities began to fade, but there were certain beliefs and practices that were assimilated into the Christian tradition because I could think they were so important, they just couldn't die. And so Bridget was one of those uh, crossover saints. So she was too embedded in the landscape to eliminate. So they made her a saint. And so she's associated with sacred wells and fire and celebration. And that gets to the point of the Celtic calendar. Uh, the Celtic calendar is designed around the equinoxes and the solstices. And between each equinox and solstice, there's what they call a cross-quarter day. And there's a major Gaelic festival on all of those cross-quarter days. And the first one is Ambulk or St. Bridget's Feast Day, which is February 1st. Then comes Beltane, that's May 1st. Then Lugnaza, I think I'm pronouncing that right, August the 1st, and then Samhain, November 1st. So she starts the year. She is the goddess of new life and new beginnings. So her feast day falls on February 1st. There are many tales and legends of Bridget as both goddess and saint, pre-Christian to Christian times. What are some of your favorite stories about her? Well, one of the favorite stories is about Bridget's birth. She was born on the threshold of a druid's house. And the way the story goes, her mother, Brukasa, was a Christian slave, and her father was a pagan chieftain. The chieftain sold Brukasa to a druid when she was pregnant with Bridget. And Brukasa's jobs in the new house was to take care of the sheep and the cows. So her duties were to rise early in the morning, go down and feed the animals, uh, milk the cows. So on February 1st, which is the cross quarter day uh, in the Celtic calendar, she awoke and as she was stepping across the threshold to go to the barn, she stopped and lo and behold, Bridget was born right there on the threshold. The maid servants came to help take the baby to bathe her in the milk, which was sitting beside her. She'd put the pail down to have Bridget. And then she swaddled her in, in a woolen cloak and went to finish her chores. So during that time, 
while she was away, the neighbors happened to be looking out and they suddenly saw a flame coming out of the Druid's house. And so they ran to put the fire out. But when they arrived, there was no fire. Instead of a fire, there was a very bright halo of light around Bridget's head. And all of the neighbors there, all of the people who heard the story knew that this was a very special young girl. This was a sign that she was a girl full of grace with the Holy Spirit and very special abilities. So uh, that is the Christian tale, but it connects back to more ancient understandings of Bridget among the Celts. They saw Bridget as a goddess, as the divine feminine energy that served as a vessel or container for the fire that resides in each of us. So that's a particular gift of Bridget. She's a guardian at the threshold of a new morning, of a new season, of new life. And so she becomes a guide at the threshold between the old season and the new and between the visible and invisible worlds. Why don't you take a minute to explain about Imbolc and her birthday obviously is Imbolc, but it's also that day is significant in other ways. Imbolc is the Celtic name of a special festival marking the, the Celtic calendar. The Celtic calendar is organized around the winter and summer solstices and the spring and autumn equinoxes. And between each of one of those solstice and equinox is a certain day that marks the half. It's called a cross quarter day. So the first of the cross quarter days in the calendar would be February 1st. So St. Bridget's Day is the Christian name for Ambulk, which is the first cross quarter day of the year falling halfway between the winter solstice and the spring. We can imagine how the Celts of ancient times would be waiting for the spring to come. After a long dark winter, the rivers and streams might begin to thaw, might be waiting for the cows and the ewes to begin birthing the calves and the, and the lambs. I know in Scotland, Bridget was considered an old woman who would become the new maiden of the spring, Bridget, the goddess of fertility and new life. There's a wonderful poem, which I'd like to share. She opens it with this invocation, which I think gives you an idea of just how important this season was. February, month of St. Fried. Earth is long lane white, rigid, blocked into lifelessness. Ice on river, no lively running. Ice on field, no soft furrow. Ice on bear, no boom for beasts. Ice on hill, no high pasture. Ice on heart, no hope leaping. We call her now to walk on the riverbank. Bridget of Ireland, fried of Wales, the saint, the golden one who breaks the ice, dipping first one hand, then two hands, freeing the river to flow into time of seed, time of ripening, time of harvest. We greet her now as for so many centuries winter star people greeted her, from her churches and her wells, from the cold sea coast and the doorstep of hill farms. With the immemorial cry, Fraid is come, Fraid is welcome. I love the winter images and all of that. It's really <laughs> amazing how she is this goddess woman saint that really transcends, like she's cross-cultural and, and she has different names, and, but it's one person, right? One energy. 
It's one archetype or one aspect of the divine feminine, truly. As you travel through all the different Celtic lands, you hear about Bridget in different ways. There are lots of healing wells that are named after Bridget because she is a goddess of healing or was considered the goddess of healing and then becomes the saint of healing. She's embedded in the landscape, in the wells, often many times in the hills. And she is the woman of the land, which is another story to tell you if you'd like to hear it. Yes. So in the earlier story, as you know, she grew up in the house of a Druid and the Druid with everyone else recognized the special gifts that Bridget had, the special blessing from God. Eventually as Bridget grew older, he freed her and he gave her the gift of a cloak as part of a blessing and a recognition of her special favor with God. And Bridget used this cloak to claim title to the land that would be the place where she would build her monastery and her church. So the story goes that she approached one of the wealthy men of the area and asked him to give her some land for her abbey and for her church. And of course, the man was not about to do that. But jokingly, he said, well, I tell you what, I will give you as much land as your cloak will cover if you put it on the ground. She smiled and she said, certainly this lovely cloak on the ground and she begins to pray. She prays hard and suddenly a miracle happens. The cloak begins to grow in all directions and it grows and it grows and the rich man begins to become very concerned and upset because it's going for miles in every direction. Suddenly it stops, Bridget stopped praying she stands up and smiles. And that is how she was able to acquire the land that was to become known far and wide as a place of sanctuary and hospitality to everyone, especially the poor. As you've been telling us, Bridget is so connected with the landscape in the culture of those Celtic places. And she's associated with so many aspects of an earth-centered life. So can you speak about her and how she represents the essence of the lady farmer? We consider her the quintessential lady farmer and the idea of slow living through the seasons, sustainability, her connection to the land, cycles of the seasons, plants, animals, birth, food, all these things that are associated with her as an energy of, of blessing and abundance. Well, I think Bridget is a, a perfect companion woman for a lady farmer. She was known as a companion woman and a guide of the land. We see in those stories and descriptions of Bridget that she embodies the four elements, earth, water, air, and fire. And I mentioned she's associated with the sacred wells and with, of course, breaking up the ice in the early spring. She's associated with fire, fire of the spirit, the fire of poetry, the fire of smithcraft, and crafting all of the, the metalwork and, and also the weapons, as well as the tools, the farm tools. She's associated with the land, as we've said. She took care of all sorts of animals, growing things. Of course, the, the monastery was self-sustaining. It grew 
its food and it, it had its animals and chickens and all sorts of things. And she was known for taking care and healing animals as well as all the people who came to be with her. And certainly that idea of community and sharing with everyone, having room for everyone at the table. So I don't know if there's some other elements that you have sort of thought of, Bridget, some other examples and some of the stories that you know or have heard me mention here that you think fits in very well with Lady Farmer's missions. Yeah, well, as she represents the gift of fire and flame, she was a goddess of cooking, wasn't she? And hearth, this the symbol of the hearth as a as a place where you, you know, you create your sustenance and possibly your the healing crafts as well. And also, wasn't she the goddess of weaving as in weaving of cloth and words. Yes. You mentioned earlier that she was the goddess of poetry. Mm-hmm. And weaving of cloth and words. And of course, I must tell you at some point, uh, the weaving of crosses, because that was another thing. Bridget's cross is, is woven with uh, rushes or with straw. So that that is very much a part of her symbol. Of, yes, is weaving. And, you know, as you were saying, the idea of tending the land, tending your garden is also there's this other part of tending your inner self, tending your spirit and your soul. So there's an inner and an outer part to the sustainability, this inner and outer life that I think that Lady Farmer is trying to promote. And wasn't she a midwife or she was an attendant to midwives? She was a midwife. And of course, there's the famous story of being the midwife to Mary, that wonderful cloak that the Druid gave her. It was a blue cloak. And she wore it, of course, as she was tending the sheep in the barn. So she would take them down and close up the barn at night and feed them. And every night it was her custom to kneel down and pray for the safekeeping of the animals. And as she was praying, she suddenly began to feel herself lifted up out of the barn. And she saw that there were these angels that were carrying her through the air. And in fright, she closed her eyes and began to pray again, of course. And when she opened her eyes again, she was in a barn, but not the one she had left. She was in another barn far away, but there were animals there, as well as a young woman laying on the straw. And she saw that the young woman was giving birth. And and of course, Bridget, Mary of the Gales, was in attendance. She knew how to help deliver babies. So she was there to help Mary deliver the baby wrap it in swaddling clothes and placed it in the manger. So Mary was very grateful for her help and blessed her. And the angels lifted her up back to the barn where she had been praying. When she went back into the house, one of the women said to her, look at your cloak. And then she looked down and she saw that her cloak was spangled with all sorts of bright stars that covered the blue cloak. Oh, that's lovely. So Mary of the Gales mm-hmm. is Bridget that was the midwife in this legend. Called midwife to Mary, a midwife to Jesus. So that's when you often hear Mary of the Gales. Again, it's the Christian effort to connect Bridget, the, the saint and the goddess, with the Christian story. And it's a beautiful story. And there's a wonderful children's story about Bridget going to be the midwife to Mary on Christmas Eve. And it was very important to 
the Celts that were Christianized over the centuries, that there was this connection with their beloved Bridget. Mm -hmm. And so she was brought forward from the pre-Christian folklore into the Christian context of the church and the Bible stories. And so that's how they kind of integrated it culturally. Right. That's how they moved her from just being aspects of an old goddess and integrated her into the Christian story. So she really became an important saint. She's one of the three saints of Ireland. There's Patrick and there's Bridget and there's uh, Columba. That's the Holy Trinity. And it's very rare to see a woman elevated to that level of sainthood. In fact, there is a story, I guess when the bishop comes to make a nun, you know, blessing her, when he blessed her, it turns out that he gave her the blessing of a bishop as opposed to an abbess or whatever level she was being elevated to. Many people insist that she was a bishop of the church, and she's often shown in icons with her bishop hat. Oh, wow. Do they think that was like accidentally on purpose or (laughs) what's the story? I'd say it was accidentally on purpose. I mean, God had a higher purpose. And Bridget has always been a little bit of a, a little twist in the ribs of the patriarchal church, which I think the Brigadine sisters are very interested in pointing out. Yes. On one hand, she's like the ultimate woman's goddess, Mm -hmm. but she also has this influence over like the institution of the church and these, she's an abbot, she's a leader. She's got all these kind of wonderful blend of masculine and feminine characteristics. Yes. And she can be an abbess and she can also milk the cows. What do you think Bridget represents for us right now in the midst of all the chaos that we're experiencing? I think there are so many aspects of Bridget we can draw on right now. I I agree with you. I think we're in a period of great change and challenge. The Brigadine sisters recognize this role and and Bridget's legacy. And so they actually, in their ministry, if you go to their website, they're calling forth new energy to reclaim the role of the feminine, uh, to help shape a new paradigm, as they say, where there's room for everyone. So I think that's really a much needed type of energy for the change that, that we're hoping will come. So tell us more about Bridget as the healer, since we're so needing healing right now. And so we're calling on Bridget for that energy. Tell us about that. Well, the story that I love the best is one about inner healing, really, as well as physical healing. There's a famous story about Bridget being called to the side of a dying chieftain who was a pagan. She was trusted by both the Christians and the pagans as a healer. She arrived at his bedside and discovered that the chieftain was very ill. And she didn't quite know what to do except to pray He was very, very ill and probably on his way to dying. So she sat quietly with him and began to pray. And as she did, she would pick up rushes that were strewn on the floor and begin to weave them into a cross. And the chieftain asked about the significance of what she was doing. What was she making and what was the cross about? And she told him the story of Jesus's life, death and resurrection. And in telling the story, the chieftain became so moved that he was instantly converted to the faith. Instantly a peace came over him and he died without pain or struggle. So Bridget in this case did not heal him of his disease, but she healed his spirit 
so it could be at peace. And this story is said to be the origin of the Bridget crosses, which are woven for St. Bridget's feast. After they're completed, they're hung over the threshold, over the door of the house. And it's said to bring protection and blessing for the next year. And it, the next year at Ambulk, or Bridget's feast day on February 1st, the old cross is taken down, it's burned in the hearth, and the new one is placed over the threshold. So again, we have the image of Bridget at the threshold, providing protection and blessings for each of the houses that celebrate Bridget's feast. Ah, and what are some other traditions for the feast of St. Bridget? I know one about a cloth. Yeah, there's a wonderful one. So the feast always began the night before. So January 31st, there were a number of things that happened. Many people would take a cloth lay it outside overnight for Bridget to bless. The dew that would come down during the night would be blessed by Bridget. And so that this would be a, a cloth usually used for healing of some sort. Many young women, and usually unmarried women, would process through the town and the village with candles. And they would come to each of the house and People would give them food and there would be blessings and so forth. Let's see, there's some other ones. Sometimes there would be a procession that would have a, a doll made out of the straw that they would call a bride. And they would often carry her along in their procession and they would sing a hymn to Bridget. And many of the girls would wear the white, their hair would come down, and that would be a symbol of purity and youth. The songs and the procession and putting out the cloth all begin that night. And usually people would come in and they would have a meal and celebrate, burn the old cross and weave the new and really welcome in the new day and the new season. What do you think is the most important thing you've learned from her? The Celtic path that I've been walking for so long has helped me to see the present of the sacred and reality of everyday life like we've talked about. And Bridget has been an important part of that scene for me. And through her, I think I have learned the importance of empowering women to have agency and autonomy and the importance of building community that nurtures growth and offers healing and hospitality for all. So Kathy, tell us, how do you think Bridget is related to the good dirt. Well, as we know from her stories, she was a woman deeply connected to the land, not just the dirt, but also the, the water, the wells, the, the animals, the, the plants and so forth. But I think if you take that metaphorically, the good dirt, she was really a vessel or as I said earlier, a guardian of allowing things to grow. She nurtured people's souls, as well as their bodies, and as well as their minds. And she did that in various ways, through healing, through feeding, and making sure everyone had enough to eat, to, to be welcoming to them, as well as tending to their souls. And so I think she, in that way, is a woman who can really be ever-present in whatever aspect. And she brings that sacred into the everyday life, which I call the good dirt, or can make the dirt good. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. What else would you like to tell us about Bridget? Any more stories? I know you have another poem to read. I think we could end on a, on a sort of a lighter note. One of the things that she was known for as being the patron saint of beer, 
She oversaw, of course, the harvesting of the grain and then, of course, of, of making the beer itself and then uh, enjoying it. So we can leave with the idea of Bridget as a party girl, <laughs> hostess who like to throw a good party and have a good time. And so this is reflected in one of the prayers in her honor, which is called the Lake of Ale. And I'd like to read this particular version of it. There are many different versions. This is Bridget talking and giving this prayer. I'd like to give a lake of ale to God. I'd love the heavenly host to be tippling there for all eternity. I'd love the men of heaven to live with me, to dance and sing. If they wanted, I'd put at their disposal vats of suffering. White cups of love I'd give them with a heart and a half. Sweet pitchers of mercy I'd offer to every man. I'd make heaven a cheerful spot because happy heart is true. I'd make the men contented for their own sake. I'd like Jesus to be there too. I'd like the people of heaven to gather from all the parishes around. I'd give a special welcome to the women, the three Marys of great renown. I'd sit with the men, the women of God, there by the lake of beer, we'd be drinking good health forever and every drop would be a prayer. Now, how can people get in touch with you or follow you in your work or find out more about Bridget or anything you have to leave our audience with in terms of more information? Well, you can always go online and find a lot of things about Bridget. Some of it is pretty far-fetched, but I would really invite everyone to visit the website of the Brigadin Sisters, the ones I mentioned, who are in Kildare, who've established a center for Bridget studies. They offer events. They offer special festivals. In fact, they will be celebrating Ambulk or St. Bridget's Day for a whole week. This year, I guess it'll be virtually. The name of their center is called Solus Breed. So they're using the Gaelic. And I believe it would be translated into uh, the flame of Bridget or the sun of Bridget or something. www.solus, S-O-L-A-S, breed, B-H-R-I-D-E dot ie which is ireland great and we will put that in the show notes any books or anything to recommend we can put in the show notes oh my goodness well if you wanted to the poem i read uh, ruth bidgood her ode to bridges is in the symbols of plenty ruth bidgood b-i-d-g-o-o-d she's a welsh poet there is so much, the, the Brigadine Sisters actually put out a book, I don't know how easy it is to get called Rekindling the Flame, and it actually goes wow. through steps of, of the pilgrimage through Kildare, this Bridget's Healing Well, which is there, and also Bridget's Flame. When the sisters arrived in Kildare, they lit a candle, they lit a flame that they've kept burning this whole time. It continues to burn, and this is the reproducing what happened in the pagan times, there was a temple devoted to goddess Bridget, and there were women there who tended the flame so it never went out. And it only really went out during the 16th or 17th century when the Catholic church said, you can't do that anymore. So, But you can see the fire pit where they used to keep the flame at the cathedral in Kildare. That's part of the pilgrimage, but they've moved it to the center now. But that flame has been rekindled and it's burning bright. Very much a symbol that the flame has been rekindled. An image of hope. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kathy. This was great. I enjoyed being with you both. It's great to be together again. 
We hope that you enjoyed this episode with Kathy Spar, and we hope that you learned something about this amazing legendary figure in our history. And we hope that she inspires you to tend to the hearth and all of the amazing things that she stands for in this transition time of which she is also known for being literally born at the threshold between one room to another. It's like us at the threshold to a new season. We hope that you have a wonderful Feast of St. Bridges Day, which is February 1st. That's coming up here soon, if you're listening to this when it comes out. And I think we have one more special thing for you. Mom, would you like to read a poem? Yes. The source is unknown, but I thought it really sort of put everything in a nutshell for us. So, Bridget, bright and fiery arrow, blaze kindly into my life, sainted bringer of spring, grow ever more verdant and lush, mistress of poetry and craft, dance on my tongue and in my hands, guardian of the wells and waters and herbs, warm my hearth and open the doors to compassion. Thank you, exalted one, for the nourishment of milk and words, for the protection of your threadbare cloak, for the peace that abides your care. Bless you for the four fires and the thawing earth. Bridget, I promise my best effort and lightest laugh in your name. That's lovely. And I I invite our listeners, just for fun, if you are interested, to partake in the ritual that Kathy described in, in the episode, where you would take a piece of cloth And on the eve of St. Bridget's Feast Day, which would be January 31st, which I think is this coming Sunday night, and you place the cloth outside, and the dew that it collects overnight is said to be a blessing of Bridget that you keep with you all year. So let us know. Let us know what you think of Bridget and how, how she shows up in your life as we pass over this threshold of the seasons. That's awesome. I'm going to have to remember to do that. Thanks, Mom. So for anyone listening who isn't already following us, subscribe to this episode, like it, review it, share it with a friend. You know what to do. And if you're interested in more from Lady Farmer, we do have an online store, an online community called The Almanac. Currently, enrollment is closed, but we'll be opening up enrollment again in March for the spring season. So it's a whole community of slow living through the seasons together and we have all kinds of workshops and get-togethers and activities and wonderful conversations going on in that platform. So we would love to see you there. And until next time, happy St. Bridget's Day.